Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome to episode three of Infertile AF. Today's episode is so good. I talked to my friend Kimberly, who has been a friend of mine for over a decade, and she is so interesting. She's a single mother by choice. And the interesting thing about her story is that she didn't necessarily have any infertility issues herself, but she did find herself in a situation where, as she says, she couldn't find Mr. Right and she didn't want to settle for Mr. Okay. So she decided to have babies on her own. And I knew nothing about this world, but Kimberly goes into all the details about doing it on her own, finding a sperm donor and all this stuff. She's so cool. She's so impressive. She's so honest. I want to thank her for sharing her story with us. Also, this didn't make it into the podcast, but she told me afterwards she gets up at 3.45 in the morning to make it all work. So Kimberly, you are a rock star. I am in awe of you. She's also a really, really good mom to her three boys. So without further ado, this is Kimberly's fertility story. So growing up, did you always want to be a mom? I did. I did. I always had the vision that I would be a mom of at least a couple of kids in a traditional family structure, you know, married with kids. And yeah, just thought that was what everybody did. Yes. Okay. So where in life were you when you made a decision that you wanted to try to have kids as a single mom? You know, I I think it was, I don't have an exact date that I can remember, but I do know it was in my late 30s. You know, I remember thinking about it a lot, just as I had not had a very successful run dating people. Mm -hmm. I was working a lot of hours and really just didn't pay attention to my dating life, didn't really care to, didn't have success dating, didn't have fun doing it. So I threw myself into my work, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in your late 30s, and you realize, like, oh my gosh, like, I actually want kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have focused on the dating thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was at a dinner with one of my very good friends from college. I think I was 38. And we just started talking about life. And I just said, I think I want to have kids on my own Mm -hmm. because I can't find Mr. Right and I don't want to settle for Mr. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was the first, I think, out loud conversation I had about it. But Mm -hmm. it probably had been on my mind since I turned 35. Okay. So had you been going, was there anybody who had told you, like going to the gynecologist, for example, like, you better get cracking, you know, like, was there anybody in your life that was like, hey, once you turn 35, you know, your egg quality goes down or any of that. And the reason I ask is because I didn't know any of that. And I was so clueless. And that goes back to my own story. But like, Nobody had really told me that at 35, like, that's kind of a breaking point and you better get on it. Right. So I'm just curious, how much knowledge did you have about the biological clock? I feel like it started to come into play when I was around 35. I think that's probably why I started thinking about it. And I don't remember if there was, you know, I know my mother had always, you know, she was always walking around with, like, an American Girl doll, like, catalog, you know, like, but I wasn't married yet. So I'm like, Mom, I don't know what you want me to do about this. And... She was always mystified, you know, that I wasn't married yet because, you know, I'm sure your parents like mine got married on the younger side. Yes. My mom got married at 19 to my yeah. my dad, my biological father, and then again when she was 35. But 
Yeah, my, almost the same yeah. for my mom. My mom, so I think she young. had her, my brother, when she was 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Wow. She was in college. Yes. Wow. And that's so, wild. and then was remarried again when she was, mm-hmm. you know, older. But anyway, yeah. So I, I know, I, I think I just started probably reading a little bit about what goes on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I was the one that brought it up to my gynecologist. Okay. And started saying, like, what are my options? Mm-hmm. It was more along the lines of freezing eggs than it was, you can go do this on your own. Okay. But it was it, it was a TV show. It was like one of the, like Today Show or something mm-hmm. on one of those morning outlet, news outlets that had a single mother mm-hmm. by choice. Um, and she was talking about her story. And that was actually the first time I was like, oh, wait a second, wait that is like an option. Mm -hmm. And I started following that mother because she lived in New York City. Her son was older, but she had written a book um, about single mothers by choice and started this whole group in the city. And so I didn't, I just knew of that group. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything about that group until I really got serious about it in like around 38, 39. Mm -hmm. But that was my first entree into like there's this option out there for me if I need it you know what was it that she was saying on the today show for example that was so compelling or that maybe had was like a light bulb moment for you where you were like oh I could do that I just remember thinking like I have an option here like I didn't know I had an option to have Mm -hmm. kids without getting married and so I think for so many you know prior to this day and age of science, like I, or science that was sort of known to be out there, Mm -hmm. you sort of thought you had to get married to have kids, Mm -hmm. you know? And obviously that would have been my ideal, but it was just nice to know like, okay, like if I don't meet Mr. Right, I can do this on my own or there's an option for me to do. I don't know if I can handle it, but I I know this, you know, if I want to go down that road, maybe, you know, that, that would help me out here. Okay. So then were your, what were the next steps for you? Time sort of went by and I just remember, I think it was when I was, after I had that conversation with my friend, I was about 38 and I said, I gave myself like till 40 and my view was that I was going to, I was going to have my 40th birthday in Italy, like riding my bike, because I always love to do these biking trips in some, you know, beautiful area of Tuscany. And then I'll get back home and then I'll start to, you know, figure out this baby thing on my own. But somewhere along the line, I started reading more and more. And, you know, you start getting more educated on how much your fertility does drop as you get older. Mm -hmm. And I started to get a little nervous. So I did go to see a fertility specialist Mm -hmm. when I was about 39. And he was the one who was like, I wouldn't wait. I don't know what you're, you know, you can do Tuscany later in life. But mm-hmm. if you're going to serious about having a baby, then you're, you shouldn't put it off a few years. Okay. And that was the turning point for me. Okay. And I did one last trip <laughs> before I started anything. I went to Costa Rica on one of my biking trips. Good for and you. For New Year's. Yeah. And, um, and then I came back in January and like started working on the whole process. So, okay. But it was a lot of reading. It was like, I just remember reading every book I could by every single mother about fertility and just learning as much as I could, Uh you know, which never totally prepared you for the actual stuff. But, you know, I felt like I was trying to get myself as educated as I could about it all. And what were the important people in your life thinking about all of this? Like your dad, for example, and your best friends. Was everybody on board and supportive? You know, I kept everything... I, I told my one best friend from college. We okay. chatted about it. Yeah. But I sort of felt a little bit like I was not crazy, but, you know, this was not normal, you know. And 
I definitely kept it close to my vest. And even once I did start doing it, because there's that whole like failed cycles, you don't want everybody to know. And then they're asking you, did it work or not? So I I did tell my mom um, Mm -hmm. and I just said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And she was right away supportive. I told, you know, a couple of friends, but I really didn't go further than that. Yeah. Do you think that there's a thing with, you just said like the failed cycles and stuff that people do hold it in just because they fear like judgment or is it just like, it's so complicated. You don't want to get into all of it. It's hard to talk about. Yeah. And it's an emotional, like mm -hmm. it's like you realize once you get into it, like a failed cycle is like, you know, it's, it's failure at different levels. Like it's like, is my system working? Okay. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Like, I just didn't want a million people asking me like, did it work? Did it work? It was enough having my mother ask me every cycle. I couldn't imagine. With the American girl catalog. Yeah. (laughs) Like just like slipping around the house with that. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't know if I cared so much about the stigma as it was just emotionally draining. The whole process was draining and you're on those hormones and stuff like that. So it amplifies everything. But that was, you know, more my rationale, I think. Okay. So specifically in terms of like the medical stuff, what, what was the process that you went through? Did you start, you decided that you were going to use a donor, like a sperm donor or how did you? Yeah. So I had to, since I didn't have Mr. Right, I had to first figure out the the donor side of things before I could start anything with the cycles. Yeah. So I spent, I remember it was like January, 2010. I spent that whole month, I came back from Costa Rica on like January 2nd. And like that night I started, you know, <laughs> online trying yeah. to figure out the whole donor situation. And, you know, at the time there were a couple of big sperm banks and I just focused on those. I had joined the single mothers by choice group at that point. Okay. So was I was the group you were talking about yes, before okay. that I was like tuned into sort of, but you I were like joined lurking it. for yes, a while yes. and then you were like <laughs> dove in. And then I dove in and, um, you know, I got together with a lot of those people. I just, I oh, just did a good. lot of research, you know, from what banks they used. Right. But then it was like dating, you know, cause you're going through all these profiles. Right. You're like, <laughs> right. You're, so some tell level, me, cause I didn't know much about this, um, Another friend had told me a little bit when they were looking through their own, you know, sperm donor that there's like a book that you look through with kind of. I think that's I don't know. the old days. Okay, tell me. I about mean, your and even in my then. my process was yeah, this technically was like the maybe old days. Ten years ago, that our friend, our mutual friend, was doing this. When um, I went through it, everything was online. So okay, and I'm sure it's even more vamped up now. But I, you know, at the time it was it was definitely online. I wasn't going through a book. Okay, it's but like Tinder where you're like swiping a little left. bit. I'm sure there's like a cool app now. I. There probably is. It's funny. Firmer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just was a, a website okay. and you had to log in and, you know, I probably paid some nominal fee. Mm-hmm. But you just go through profiles and a lot of, like, I started out with, like, okay, I'm short, so I cannot get a short donor. Like, it just, <laughs> I have to give these the children law of a, averages a chance. Okay. Yeah. So Did you I have had a number in mind. They had to be at least X. It was like 5'11. Okay. Even 5'11 is not that tall, but you, you know, just at some point, you have to work with the parameters that they're giving you. So sure. I think I said that. I really did, like, medical files were big. Like, and that was yeah. something that you had to look into. I had one of my friends who's a doctor. Like, I sent him, once I had narrowed it down, I'm like, can you just look through all this mm-hmm. and just make sure, you know, there's nothing that stands out to you. Okay. I, I definitely was trying to find somebody who just, you don't see pictures of the donors. Right. But you can get baby pictures. Oh, 
So, but you had to pay extra for that. So until I like narrowed it down, right. you know, I didn't, I just went through the, their description of themselves. So I was actually trying to find somebody who sort of looked like me, you know, yeah. um, you know, blue eyes and, you know, sandy blonde hair, whatever right. it was. And then you listen to interviews. And so that was a big thing because I had oh, narrowed it. Cool. I had my spreadsheet. I had like 45 candidates, had my top, you know, rank them. <laughs> And then I think... I love you, by the way. You're, I'm just picturing, because you're so organized, and we're in your home right now, which is so beautiful and organized and clean. I can just imagine you're it was, mapping it all out on a spreadsheet but and being all methodical. I don't it. know how else you do it. You know what I mean? Because sure. there was so many, and there were so many That's different so cool. things to follow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and I remember, like, thinking, like, okay, I'll listen to the first five. Okay. How many had you narrowed it down to? It was, like, 45. Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's hard. It's just all written descriptions. Sure. But I narrowed it down. I'm like, okay. And then again, like they, the, I don't know if it's still done this study, but if you wanted the baby pictures, you'd had to pay a fee. If you okay. wanted the interviews, you paid a fee. So I yeah. was trying not to pay all these extra fees. Right. But it wound up, I think, I think my donor wound up being like number like 38 on my list. Like oh, wow. just because everybody else, like I would listen to the interview. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Um, yeah. What were I, some of the interviews? Like what were they saying? I can't Hello, even. Hello. Yeah. Ladies. Or just like, just didn't care. You know, just had this like, whatever. I'm just oh. here. I don't care. You know, that, that, it just turned me off, you okay. know? Okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. I never knew anything about this. So, <laughs> no, really. So thank you for... Yeah, it, it's I'm, again. It, they might have changed things now, but that that I just remember listening to the donor. I ultimately went with, and he just sounded so nice, like somebody that you were like, oh my gosh, like what a nice guy. Oh, and, do you remember what he was saying? Um, I, was, I, are I, they just talking about themselves? They're like, talking. They're being interviewed. They don't say so, their name, obviously. No, 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 so no, okay. no. But one thing that is a big deal is that you can pick a donor who is anonymous or who is open to being you know, connected to the child. I didn't really want somebody that was open. I just, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I just felt like I let's just keep this separate. Mm -hmm. But this donor did say, he, they said, would you be interested in someday meeting, you know, the, if you, if there are any children of yours? And he said, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? And I just liked that he was maybe open to it because I thought maybe I'm going to change at some point and sure. want that. Right. Um, to have the option. Right. Okay. Um, the other big thing for me was there's a, there's, it's still around, it's called the donor sibling registry. And that's a place where if you use a donor, and this goes for egg donors too, so egg or sperm donors, you can register there. And so that you can connect with other people that have used the same donor. Oh, wow. So I had every donor, at least I don't know about the egg world, but in the sperm world, every donor has a number. So I had then taken like my top 45 and I went to the donor sibling registry just to see if anybody had used oh, that donor. And okay. there was a mom on there. And I contacted her before I had even picked this donor. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about using this donor. Number 38. Right, exactly. <laughs> and do you, you know, it looks like you've had children. Are they healthy? Anything I should know if I were to select this? Um, and the woman was like, oh my gosh, I have two beautiful children. She had used an egg donor also. So she was like, I don't know what came from what, gotcha. you know, but beautiful blue eyes, right. dimples, like all this stuff, healthy. And I was like, okay, you know, so that, that obviously influenced oh, wow. me. That must have been a cool. And now or... I'm still in touch with that mom because okay. she's also. It a, is the same donor. Same donor. So your boys are. Technically. Siblings, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Have they met? We haven't met, but we, they're, um, they don't live near here, but okay. we are, we have a little Facebook group with okay. other donors. So there's know? other people yeah. too that. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, and That's there's so it's funny cool. looking at the pictures. You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I see. Wow. Especially one of my little 20s. Like, now, in, does the donor know about the group? Like, does he know who uh, ends he, up using He can him? know. I, okay. I don't know what his, you know, we, we have no connection to him gotcha. you know okay. thank goodness there's no not knock on wood not been okay. any medical issues or anything yeah. like that to need to track him down yeah. but but wow. yeah he can go on there and see you know yeah the this data is fascinating <laughs> it's so cool it is very cool exists. yeah yeah, you know, and we've and re- the- we've connected a lot of people through Facebook. Like the the mom I originally reached out to, she's I feel like she's really good at like, you know, she's on the donor sibling registry too. So if people do you know have used that donor, mm-hmm. then you know you know mm-hmm. you know she finds out about it and she'll bring okay. them into our Facebook group and okay. connect. Okay. So then, what was it that made you finally decide on this gentleman? I honestly, it was the interview, and it was yeah. his medical records were. We're good. He Did wasn't you look at too education short. And all yes. That, oh, thank, thank okay. you. That was the other thing. Yeah. Yes. It was like I just wanted to make sure. You know, I think it had like SAT scores and okay. ACT scores, mm-hmm. and you know, I think he. I can't remember what his profession was, but it was something in the medical field. I okay. just felt like he's yeah. you know got a head on his shoulders. Great. Like you know, yeah. yeah. And then obviously having the connection to this mom that had used it, like yeah. I just felt like okay, you know, this could work. Yeah, definitely. So then the process for you, you have to go through the whole thing with the egg retrieval and taking all the... Well, for... So my first pregnancy, when I went in, my doctor was like, "We here are your options. You know, you can do IUI or mm-hmm. you can do IVF. And were your eggs and everything looking good? Everything like was looking pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Like everything was looking good. That's great. So it was just age was, you know, against me. But... I decided to do IUIs when I first tried because I figured, why not? Why mm-hmm. put my body through IVF if I don't have to? Sure. But I did I did four, and on the fourth, that night I had my insemination. I did back-to-back inseminations like because sometimes they said that can increase your chances. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember I did it on a Friday night and then a Saturday morning or a Friday morning and a Saturday morning. And I was doing a lot of like um, acupuncture mm-hmm. and like all of that in conjunction with this. Yes. And I had a trip planned to Bhutan, which is like this little country, you know, near China and Nepal. And uh, it was a, like a biking and hiking trip and there were fertility temples there. And I just remember thinking like, okay, so if this cycle works, then great. And if it doesn't, then at least I can go to all these fertility temples and that can like help, right. you know, improve my chances for the next time yes. I try. And I was there and I... So you went. I went, but a little, I was cautious. I remember being like, because they say you shouldn't like overexert yourself. And here I am biking and hiking in the Himalayan mountains. <laughs> I took it e- as easy as I could. And then on my flight home, I was in the airport. I was in like a Thailand airport hotel by myself. I had a pregnancy test with me and I was like, oh my God, it's... it's How many positive. days later was it? It was two weeks later. Okay. Exactly two weeks later. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. you found out in the airport? I found out, yeah, in the airport hotel oh by God. myself, like in Thailand. What yeah. did you do? What I, did you think? Did you burst into tears? I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't believe it. You know, I was like, I'm sure this thing is wrong. Like I didn't even, I sort of forgot to even check the test because I had already done three cycles and they were all negative. So I'm like, okay. I'll just do it to do it because I more wanted to take my Ambien on the plane ride home than <laughs> anything else. Um, and then it, it, it was positive. So I'm like, okay, I won't take the Ambien. Okay, I won't have that wine that Fine. I normally would have for a long flight. But yeah, I just remember being like, just so excited, you know, to find out. And mm-hmm. when I landed, I called my mom and she had known, she's like, are you pregnant? And I said, I'm like, she's I, kind of I could be. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I could be actually, but I had to go. I went straight into work that day. Okay. 
And I think it was the next day I went for my blood test with my doctor and yeah. they confirmed it. But wow. yeah. Yeah. That's so, so cool. So yeah. So for that cycle, okay. I did IUI plus like gotcha. some fertility stuff. And, and then how was the pregnancy? The whole pregnancy was fabulous. Like Great. I worked out to the day I gave birth. Like mm-hmm. it was amazing. I, I, for some reason, I don't know why, I wanted to try to have my baby without any drugs. Okay. And I, I did try, I think it was in labor for like 19 hours. So, mm-hmm. the, but I had the epidural, but in the process of having the epidural, they had punctured my spine. So that was my only complication is oh. I, like I was, after I had the baby, I was vomiting and like couldn't hold my head up. But I thought that's how you feel after you have a baby. Sure. Never... <laughs> have you never done it before? <laughs> it's like, you're like this is normal, you feel right? like you're in a car wreck. Okay. And so I actually got discharged from the hospital and I just remember like, I was supposed to be at, you know, one of our mutual friends had was having a party that day and I called another friend and I was like, I think I need to go to the ER. Like I oh. am a mess, but I've got this three day old baby with me. Yeah. And, and who so, was helping you? Like was anybody in the delivery room with you or I had like four friends in the delivery okay. room with me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had music blasting when when Henry came out. Um <laughs> we had uh the doctor had stopped everything. He's like, Okay, put on YouTube, beautiful day, and like to this day, that's like you know oh, we always play that on his birthday. Yeah, that's so, so cool. it was a party in there. It was that's really great. fun. Yeah, I was in the um, delivery room with one of my best friends, and when her the doctor had made the playlist, she had a C section. Oh, funny is it? And when her baby son came out, the song that was playing that I will never forget that was so funny was. P-I-M-P by 50 Cent. It's like really <laughs> dirty. It's like, I'm a motherfucking P-I-M-P. And they're like, here's your song. Oh, you're, like, you're like, what? He's going to be a rapper. So every time I hear that That's song, hilarious. But yeah, that was, that was the only complication was after the birth, you know? Um, okay. And so... Did you have to go back into the hospital? I did. Then? Yeah, okay. they, they it was a pretty easy fix when when they do this, like apparently. But okay. it's it was really painful for a while, and you just you I had to be in the hospital for twenty four hours. So okay. I had um I had a baby nurse at my apartment with the baby and Aww. with Henry and oh, uh, and one and our friends did like a rotation of right. people in you know, over the course of the day until I got home to yeah. help out too. Just that was because really hard I had not being with him. It was horrible. And I had just met this woman, this nurse. Oh. So I had, <laughs> like, you know, it baby. sounds horrible, but I didn't have a choice. They wouldn't let me, they, they had me on um, all these crazy meds in the hospital mm. until they had ruled out that it was not preeclampsia, which you can get, you know, after you give birth. Okay. Yeah. They kept me on like this magnesium drip, which um, makes you crazy. And Mm -hmm. they, so you can't, I couldn't have the baby there. So I didn't have a choice. I don't want to totally fast forward, but you also had another pregnancy. Right. Yes. Your your twin boys. Yes. Tell me about then when, when did you decide to? do this again. Right. So close in age, right? So I just, I had already known even like the minute I had Henry, I knew I wanted two because I grew up, my brothers were technically half brothers. They're 10 and 12 years older than I am. And I felt like I I lived an only child life and I just always wanted a sibling around. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, that's a really nice gift that you can give your child. And so I knew I wanted two. And so I had asked the doctor, like, you know, okay, I'm going to have, you know, this baby in January. When can I come back again? You know, and even when I went for my six-week post, you know, delivery checkup, like, wait about six months. So I did. Six months later, I went back in. Wow. And Henry was a really easy baby. So I was a little delusional about, you know, being a mom still. Like, it just seemed easy. And so I went back in. 
And I remember the same doctor that, you know, had motivated me to do everything sooner was mm-hmm. like, okay, so I w- had turned 40 since I had had Henry. Okay. Yeah. I was 39 when I had him. Okay. And then the summer happened because mm-hmm. I went back in. I, my birthday's in August and I went back in in August. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, now you're 40. And here's like, he sh- I remember tur- him turning the screen of the computer <laughs> around. And he's like, here's what just happened to your fertility. I was like, wait, like yesterday that happened? Like, when? <laughs> you know, like overnight? Oh my gosh. So I... I <laughs> Yeah. You know, these doctors, these fertility doctors definitely spend their day with people with fertility issues. And I get that. I just, I don't know that I necessarily had fertility issues. I just Mm -hmm. didn't have Mr. Right. Right. So, you know, it's hard, but I was taking everything very seriously. So I just decided, you know what, let me just make this process shorter if I can and and maybe up the probabilities since the probabilities of IUI were, you know, lower. Mm-hmm. And so I did IVF for that, you know, for my next pregnancy. Okay. I did two cycles. So my second cycle wound up working. And in the process of doing my second cycle, what I think was crazy is that, you know, the I, the doctors, I just remember them kept they kept telling me you're lucky to be pregnant. Like at your age, you're just you're lucky. You know, you feel like at forty you're you know, like <laughs> it's like a million. I remember years them old. calling me for, with Sunny because I was forty as well. That was a geriatric pregnancy. Oh. And that term I was like, What, what? are you saying? It sounds so scary and terrible. I think I would have cried if they yeah. said that. It just it was the high risk I think was the no, I got, I got geriatric. geriatric. And I was like, oh my God, am I like 100 But you were younger old? than I was, right? What? I was, with ever I was 35 and with Sonny, I was, I had him at 41. Oh, 41. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it's one of those things where I decided to, you know, just let me, let me just do the IVF. So the first IVF cycle did not work. Mm-hmm. And I remember, again, they were like really negative. They were like, you know, you're lucky, you know, and I'd, like I wouldn't have high expectation. I just remember every doctor is so negative. Yeah. But the second cycle, my mom actually had become really sick. And I was like, I had already started all the drugs for the cycle, which is, as you know, it's a lot mm-hmm. and it's a lot in your body. And, um, I, you know, I just decided I'm going to go through with this cycle, even though I know she's very sick. And at least let me just get through the cycle and then I'll be able to like, you know, be with her and help her out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought she was just going to be very sick for a long time, but she wound up passing away Mm -hmm. and she wound up dying the night that, well, I was supposed to, I was on my way back into the city for my blood work with my, my, um, then I think he was like 10 months old, Henry. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we figured out she wasn't going to make it through the night. And so I wound up when we got the call that she wasn't going to make it through the night, I wound up just doing a pregnancy test and it said it was like screaming positive. I was like, okay. So I had <laughs> like a megaphone. Right. It actually spoke to you. I drove, I put Henry to bed. My dad was at the house and I drove up to the hospital and she was not conscious, but I told her, you know, and yeah. so I felt like she was very much a part of that, you know, pregnancy. Right. Also when they did all the retrieval for the eggs during that pregnancy, again, I, she was so sick. She, she would talk to me and I really felt like she was channeling two worlds. Like mm-hmm. she was at moments she would say to me, like, can you see the beautiful fields? And I was like, I, I don't see that mom. And she's like, I, f- I keep forgetting you can't see what I'm seeing. So I really, she was starting to leave us. Yeah. And the results from that IVF were like that even the doctors were like, we have never seen results from a 40 year old. Like, like it was, I can't remember how many eggs I had and like, like beautiful embryos and all of that. Wow. They were like, so when I had gone back, when they put the um, embryos back in, because I had so many, and we were expecting to have like one or two when you put in two, you know, right. um, but I had so many that he he was like, well, 
let me, you know, we've never had to have this conversation or whether, and, and also we waited because, you know, there was that day three, you put them back in or day five, mm-hmm. I think, and you increase your chances on day five. So he wound up putting back two on day five. They normally would not do more than that. He's like, we, we could put back three, you know, but, mm-hmm. and I said, you know what? He's like, but you're lucky to even get one. We, you know, if you want to really do three. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, let's just, let's just do two. Do the yeah. two, okay. And then when the nurses called me, I had the blood work done out, you know, near where my mom had passed away. And um, I had blood work done locally there. And all the nurses knew what was going on with my mom. They were yeah. all like really supportive. But they called me and they're like, okay, you, um, not only are you pregnant, you're really pregnant. Like my numbers were <laughs> off the charts. So they said, you just need to start getting your head around twins. And I had all my family, like we we're planning my mother's wow. funeral. Like, and I oh remember gosh. telling yeah. all my family, like, I think I'm having more than one baby. Like, and they were like, what is going on? So, you know, a lot of people are like, when did you come to terms with the fact that you're having twins? And I still say, like, I'm still coming to terms yeah. with that. Like that whole, like, yes. it was craziness. It was, like I, yeah. but. That's so cool that you got to be with her and yes. tell her. And I'm sure she understood, you know, it, even she, though she wasn't able to express yeah. that, that. Well, I think she did it. Like, I think she purely. She and, had a hand in well, it. Well, and she also. Oh, I just her, got the chills. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> I think she, she, one Ooh, of her last conversations. I, I totally believe in that kind of she, stuff too. She said That's to so me, cool. I just, I know you have Henry, but I really like wish you had a big family. And she said those words to me. And I remember thinking like, oh, mom, I'm okay. I have Henry. Like, I didn't want to even tell her I was doing an IVF cycle because if it didn't work, you know, like I didn't want her to be upset. So I didn't, she didn't even know while she was dying, I was doing it. And so that's why I'm like, you know, that's wow. why I think I had the twins. They were, their due date was on her birthday, which, oh. you know, they were born earlier because they're twins, right. but you know, like... That's so cool. She was in there. The yeah. universe is so <laughs> cool and magic is I know. real. I know. But For I didn't real. have any girls. So yeah. that's the only thing where I'm like, you know what, mom? You you, you got everything else, but like you yeah. didn't get your girl in there. Yeah. So so then the twins came along. The twins so came the, along. So the age difference is? 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. so awesome. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice. There are positives and negatives. I look at people who have, you know, like your span and you're like, well, you have your little helper, you know, when yes. Sunny is, as you know, growing up, right. but I didn't have any helpers, you know, it right. was just pure like diaper phase. Yes. And, but at least we're going through all the phases together. I feel like even now we're, you know, I'm sitting on a baseball field. I may be running from baseball field to baseball field, but right. you know, and sometimes they can be on the same team. And so there is that benefit to, right. you know. Right. Having them close in age and also having all boys. So. Yeah. I would love if you don't mind to get into a little bit more of that about the juggle right now and like your lifestyle. So you've got Henry, who's eight. Brady and Hudson are seven. Six, six, six and, and a half. half. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about, I mean, I always see pictures of you on social media and stuff and they're playing all these, they play all the sports. Every sport. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the cutest boys. Thank you. You guys have so much fun. You're never not doing something. I mean, we are. Their lives are so full and I have so much respect for oh, you. thank you. Really, because you. you're no, such a strong that. person just in well, general. And to be able to do this, you know, three kids 
in any situation, I think is crazy. And well, I, I think part of it is ignorance is bliss, perhaps, <laughs> you know, because had I known, I don't know if I would have done anything different. Like, I just feel like I'm so blessed to have these boys in yeah. my life. They're three healthy boys. My biggest challenge is the energy burn on any given day. Like, right. I just, you know, we're so busy because... Not because I'm, I feel like I'm this like super mom doing, but I have to. If I don't keep them busy, then, you know, they just, they start to fight with each other or they drive me crazy because, you know, they need to get out and run. So it is more out of necessity that I keep them busy. Mm -hmm. They happen to love sports. So that's a beautiful outlet for us. And I'm very grateful Mm -hmm. for, you know, sports and what it has allowed me to do where a coach can take over for a little while and I can sort of watch them. But no, the juggle is is harder than I thought it was ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I li- I so I lived in the city with the boys, and I did have help largely out of necessity. I just can't have three babies and do it all on your own and mm-hmm. keep everybody safe and take them to Central Park and you know do what you need to do and mm-hmm. still come home with three you know babies in one piece. Like right. that is yeah. That that's is the just, part of it. It's just the yeah. keeping them alive. I just part. that was my goal. Like I am just trying to keep us alive right. and and keep me sane. Mm-hmm. And then we moved out of the city and um you know my old Henry was entering kindergarten. The twins were in a fours program. Everything was all day. So I felt like, you know, and I work from home, so I felt like I, I couldn't justify the help, even though most normal people would have help, had help. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out enough hours. I'm also like a do-it-yourself type of person. So even when I had help, I'm like, I'm doing everything. Like I just, I'm, I'm not good with that, mm-hmm. you know? So I wound up, I just, I don't have help. I haven't had help for um, maybe three years now. Wow. I'll have an occasional sit, you know, if I try to get out. But, you know, what's hard is, is, it's just getting the logistics of our mm-hmm. lives together. Because now, I, you never, you always think it's going to get easier, you know, just in terms of general things. But now our, my logistics on any given Saturday is, you know, I had to hire somebody just to help me get, because I've got one kid in one sport in one town mm-hmm. and another kid at the same time has a sport in another town. Because they don't right. tell you the sport schedules when you sign up. So, right. And I can't, depri- you know, say to one kid, you can't play this because... You know, my other kid has his sport and trying to just treat everybody fairly. Yeah. But then I have to make sure I get to everybody's games, you know, because obviously everybody wants mom at their games. Right. So (laughs) you need a hologram or something. I know. If I could somehow replicate me. And that's my biggest challenge is just making my logistics. Or if I, I mean, I can't be sick. I broke my wrist last summer. That was a nightmare. I can't believe you went through that. I, I thank goodness my community here is beyond. Like I could never have survived, but you know, people just helping me get the kids from point A to point B. The weekend I had my surgery on my wrist, like people just took my boys all weekend and kept them entertained. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'd come back at night and my nanny from the city came up and we piecemealed it, but yeah. like, I can't be out of commission. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's stressful. And Do you get that thing of which I get sometimes is like, wait, where's, you know, you're always like, where's so-and-so? Did I forget? Like my biggest fear is forgetting to pick them up somewhere yeah. or yeah. drop them off somewhere. It's not so much the dropping off. It's the like forgetting about picking them Pick up and they're I, sitting there waiting for you. I and- haven't had that yet because I'm a little neurotic about that. Okay. But where I am messing up, where I never thought Kimberly would mess up on this front is like, I'll show up like our dentist appointment and to get a dentist appointment for all three of them <laughs> back to back, you right. know, it's impossible. And I, like, I remember we were killing time because I don't, you never want to get there too early because then you got to entertain them in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And I remember getting the call being like, you're supposed to be here like 15 minutes ago for this. And I'm like, no, it's at 9.30. They're like, no, it's at 8.30. I'm like, I don't mess things up like that, but I do now. Like I do, like I mess up like a birthday party. I'm like, wait, who had to be at, what party was that? Like, yeah, that's, but I'll, once they're there, I'll always remember to pick them up. Okay. But like I, 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 it's getting them there and remembering yeah. and keeping track of all what their different activities. What system do you use? You must have like crazy calendars and reminders I, and all that stuff. I do. I have like alarms that go off. You like, do. yeah, like That's two days until so-and-so's birthday party, you know, buy the gift, you know, whatever right. it is. But yes. what's become a little bit easier now, when, when the twins first went to kindergarten, they were in, you know, they have them in separate classes mm-hmm. now, which is a great thing. But people didn't know they were twins, which is fine. You know, and my goal is that they socialize and make friends because they are very close. But now people, now they sort of, you know, they've gotten to know all the kids in kindergarten. People know they're twins. So at least they're all getting, those two are getting invited to parties together. And, you know, that's, it it just makes the logistics a little bit easier. And also the psychology of like, why is he going to more parties than I am? You know, just dealing with all that stuff, you know? So that's become a little bit easier. I remember thinking whenever it was first in preschool and getting so excited to get, start getting invited to the birthday parties, but then... Now she's nine. And then you go to a point where you're, you're like, like, please no. don't invite us to any more parties. I know. Like, I know. You just don't want to We are at peak right now. Yeah. I feel like Henry's have started to, like, I feel like they at dwindle, eight, nine, they eight. they start doing smaller, smaller parties, parties with just a few yes. kids. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Yes. And then, but Hudson and Brady, they're at their peak right now. Like, even Henry said it. Because normally, he's the one we're dropping off, picking up, like, mm-hmm. Hudson and Brady are along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And recently, Henry's like, where, where do they have to be now, Ma? You know, like, it's, and, and we've had a little bit more time together, which is nice because. I yeah. never get one-on-one time with my yeah. kids. So, yeah. But yes, it's it makes right. it crazy. So what advice would you give to anybody who wanted to try and become a single mom? You know, someone that was couldn't find Mr. Right, right as right. you said. Or yeah. do you have any words of wisdom after doing it now for eight years? For me, as much research as I did on this whole thing, I really, you can never predict how hard it actually is. You know, whether it was the sleep training, you know, whether it's the potty training, whether it's, you know, what I'm going through now with just the logistics and everything that's involved with raising three, you know, kids on your own. But I just feel like you can do all the research you want. You can read every book you want. You can listen to, you can interview everybody you want who's done it. Right. But it's just got to be in your heart, you know, because if, if you don't really want kids, obviously you would never do this. So if you really want kids and this is what you want, don't live life with regrets because I know that's what I kept telling myself. If I, you have a limited window, unfortunately. And so you do need to start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And there's just a reality to that. No matter what, even if you freeze your eggs, that's not a guarantee that those eggs are going to turn into viable embryos. Right. So I do think like if I if I were doing it all all over again, one thing I would have done, I wish I was smarter about freezing the eggs earlier in life, you know, because I remember seeing people who had, um, when I was going in for my IVF retrievals mm-hmm. that were 40, having their eggs frozen, were just retrieved. And I kept thinking like, I, you know, you can do that and that's, it's fine. I just, I, you know, you worry about that person and how good those eggs are going to turn out. And mm-hmm. maybe there's false hope there. I don't know. Maybe I'm just on my, you know. No. You know, but I, I I really wish, you know, I, I think every woman should just, you know, because you also don't know what life is going to deal with mm-hmm. you in terms of sickness or right. meeting a man, whatever it is. Like, 
it should just, it should be part of like life. Like you turn, I don't know what age, 25, freeze your eggs, like done, (laughs) like, right. You know, and then, and then you just have them there, but it is not an insurance policy. It is just, it's just helping you a little bit, you know, in case you need it. Um, and it does give you a little extra sense of like, maybe I don't have to rush into Mm -hmm. doing this. I didn't feel rushed when I did it. I was definitely ready, Right. but I did it a few years ahead of when I you know, in my head had outlined it. Yeah. But no, you can, again, it's just, it's the most wonderful thing I've ever done. You just have to really want to be a mom to, you know, to take this on because it's not easy. It doesn't get easier. You know, I don't even think it gets easier when I go to college because I don't, I don't even know how I'm going to get to all the college like drop-offs and like homecoming week or whatever parents weekend's probably going to be all the same, you know, praying they all go to the same school. Um, but um, no, but it's the best thing I, I could have ever done yeah. with my life. Well, I'm so inspired by what you do well, and you're you. such a great mom. You thank really you. are. So thank you for sharing your story. Oh, my and pleasure, Allie. We made it without tears. I thought I was going to cry at some <laughs> point, but thank you I so know. much for doing this. Thank you for having me on All this. Right. I appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed talking to her. I learned so much. And again, 3.45 in the morning, Kimberly, you are insane and I love you. If you are a fan of this podcast, please pass it around to anybody you think might benefit from it or enjoy it. And also, I feel so weird saying this, but you kind of have to. Please go to the iTunes page and subscribe, rate, and write a review if you feel so inclined. It really helps us out and get more exposure. So thank you again, and I will talk to you guys next time.